That sound means we have another Game for a Movie podcast. It's episode 24. Um, we have been off for a little bit, but mostly because uh, theaters have also been off for a little bit. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah. Uh, so I've been gone since like March. Okay, have I yeah. missed anything? Yes, you've, you've <laughs> obviously lived under a rock. Have um, you guys seen this thing called Tiger King? <laughs> I mean, oh my god, just so blown away. It was like 20 years ago. I can't wait to talk about that for the first time today. Oh, dude, we talked about Tiger King two episodes ago. Look, man, it's been a long year. <laughs> That's true. It has been a long March. We're still in March, right? <laughs> yeah, what? Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to watch Tenet in theaters. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, yeah, remember when we went to see Doolittle? It was like two weeks ago. It was great. God oh, damn yeah. it. Yeah, the last movie I saw was Cats in theaters. So, yeah, it's been it's been real great. Mine was Onward, so I think I win. You win. Okay. Yep. I, yeah. Where's yeah. the Parasite? We made it to go Parasite. Ooh, no, Parasite wins. Parasite wins. <laughs> um, but I am your host, Mike. I am joined by Andre and Jill uh, virtually. Hello. Hello. And I'm joined by Mitchell in person, which kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, Mitchell's here. You know what? I'm just like, I haven't seen my boy Mike since Thursday, so since I may Thursday. as well roll up and say hi. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to be talking about some movies. We're also going to be talking about some beers. Uh, Mitchell and I are enjoying some Black Hog Brewing, the Oktoberfest or Fest beer. Very tasty. Uh, Andre, what are you drinking there? I am drinking the Old Reliable Big Cranky from Stony Creek. Big cranky, like, good call. And yeah. Jill, what are you drinking? Is it your tea of the day? It is my tea of the day. Yes. It is Earl Grey Moonlight from Adagio Teas with a little bit of honey into it. I love Earl Grey caffeine. tea. I love Earl Grey tea. You I'm can't all go wrong with that. No. What's really the APV on that tea? The APV? It's kind of low. I think it's like a four. Oh, but yeah. this would taste really good when if infused with gin. Ooh, Ooh yeah, there you go. To get on that later. So Jill's okay. gonna have the best vocal performance out of anyone on this podcast. Yeah, she's got the tea going. Everyone else is putting alcohol in their system. She's like, you know what? You know what? I'm just gonna keep it warm. Gonna keep it nice for my body. And I'm, I'm very excited for her review in particular. I mean, like, I can't even say anything. I drank Coca-Cola today. That's basically <laughs> been my day. Is like, I've just shot my voice in general. Um, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Um, so we are going to take it to you guys first, uh, remotely. Um, so you guys have been watching something during the pandemic, and I just want your opinions on what you have seen so far about it. Uh, get excited, everybody at home listening. That is a tease. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> Sick. All right. Well, uh, so welcome to the Fast and Furious halfway retrospective, I guess. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should know that the Family. reason that this retrospective is possible is thanks to our good friend Mike for lending us his Blu-ray DVD collection. So, yes. yes, yes. We could not be here without you. God, I totally yeah. forgot I still have that. Jesus. Yeah, well, you we don't have it now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on our TV console right now. I still um, have it digitally. I still have it digitally. Any special features? You know uh, what? Just yeah, occurred true. to me. All right, sounds like a date night to me. Get special. <laughs> Anyway, it's a halfway retrospective. <laughs> right, and and so we should say we should know we are halfway through ish. Mm-hmm. We have watched the Fast and Furious, Too Fast Too Furious, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, uh, Fast and Furious, and Fast Five. Okay. The most complicated naming order ever. Okay, cool. So we have we have watched through Fast Five. You, you also missed one in there that is not in order, but you definitely have seen. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm. But that, I I feel like I need to treat that as like a separate film because it's so different. 
We have just met Hobbs. We've just met Hobbs in, in Fast and Furious. All of his sweaty glory. Yeah, wow, I did not realize The Rock, they made him very sweaty. Like We'll get there, rock. we'll get there. Yeah, right. He's okay. got to be a shiny rock. Very yeah, shiny. very shiny rock. A little too shiny. Yeah, just, just distractingly shiny. Anyways, um, so yeah, I don't know, this is the franchise about cars driving fast, and I think the, the 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 first movie epitomizes the racing aspect of the of the series the best. I would say, right? yes, simultaneously yep. the most grounded introduces us to our uh, main characters. I and... live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, family. Corona, Amelia. That's true. They yeah. do drink a lot of Corona. It's a ton, man. Yeah. The product placement in these movies, it's it's up there. Yeah. yeah. It's aggressive. I, I feel like it's one of those movies that just needs product placement, though. Like, Yeah, it, it's not a Michael Bay movie, but yeah. it's definitely Michael Bay inspired. Yeah. 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 Sorry, keep yeah. going. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the first movie introduces us to our core characters. We may meet Paul Walker's Brian, whose name I definitely forgot after a period of time. I almost just called him Brian Walker. Paul Walker Walker as Brian, and we have Vin Diesel as Dom Toretto, and it's all about street racing, and they do a pretty good job with that. There are some questionable acting moments. I would say Paul Walker does not really come into his own as an actor until at least arguably the fourth one. They also don't know how to dress the man. Yeah. No, they do not know how to dress him. I would stipulate that that Vin Diesel is much better dressed up, so it's not just a man. And a better actor. <laughs> yes, so that's true too. Wow, right. Vin yeah. Diesel a better actor. Like I don't usually hear. I'll that. say Vin Diesel. You know, you you hear this a lot, but some people are born to play certain roles, and right. I think Dom is definitely that role for Vin. Yeah, you know, yes, he fits absolutely. that character like a glove. Well, having seen uh, Bloodshot or whatever it is, I don't know if I'd necessarily still say that Vin <laughs> Diesel's the better actor. <laughs> but... So I think I remember looking this up, and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's like roles of as a character were. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Then he goes into the Iron Giant. Yeah. Sorry that, that I didn't look this up. And I think Fast and the Furious is probably like his next film or the second film after that. Like when did the I, only question I have is when did Riddick come into play? Right. So I think Riddick was after because I thought he didn't do. I thought he didn't come back on for the sequel because he was doing Riddick. So yeah. Okay. Two. So it's Saving Private. So there's actually a few films before. Um, Saving Private Ryan. He did some smaller things. So Saving Private yeah. Ryan, The yep. Iron Giant, okay. Boiler Room, Pitch Black, which is Pitch Black is Riddick. Film. Yeah, the first and of then, them. And then Fast and the Furious. So even then, in two thousand one, when he only has a few films under his belt, he is still by far the best actor in the film. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a fun ride, you know, especially considering it's the first, and at the time, no one expected it to become anything. Yeah, we, you know, it, it is, it's good for what it is. We're nine movies deep now. Who knew that was going to happen in film one? Right. And it all started with them trying to steal DVD players. God <laughs> damn, yeah. that was the point? That was it? That's oh, man. The, yeah, they're, they're trying to bust a DVD player stealing rig. Okay, friends, we got it now. We're rehashing this. We're recreating it. They're stealing Blu-ray players now. There it is. Oh <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't even be stealing Blu-ray players. It would be stealing like switches or PS5s. PS5s. Damn it. All forty oh. that were created. I am in the market for stealing a PS5. Let's yeah. let's I'll do call it. Call Dom Toretto and the family. <laughs> They'll come get it for you. 
You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> Heist movie. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't know how much there is to say about Fast 1 that hasn't already been said. Yeah. It's, it, it's fun for what it is. Um, there is yeah. a shockingly, like... Despite how silly the, it, that the, what they're doing, they're trying to steal uh, DVD players. The car cinematography is rather cool. There's a really good. Um, I don't want to go down because it's not like guns or anything like that. There's a good car chase right at the end. Right. Um, with them. And the ending trucks. is probably my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. I, I'm surprised how much, like, yes, there's some things that definitely don't hold up, but I'm surprised how much that movie is held up. Like, you can still watch it today and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, and I like the kind of the question was not the right word, but the cliffhanger. Like, it's a good cliffhanger, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, we spoilers, I guess, for a what a nearly twenty year old movie now at this point. But like, yeah, like Brian lets 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 uh, Dom go, and it's very it's kind of ambiguous. Like, okay, like, what's going to happen? Is he going right. to get arrested? You know, yeah. And then we follow that up with, of course, too fast, too furious. So I have a thing about this one. So when I was in my last year living um, with some roommates I had in grad school, we actually watched the first two Fast and the Furious films. And we watched Too Fast, Too Furious. And at the time, I thought that movie was the most hilarious thing ever. I I... really liked the introduction of Tyrese as Rome, Roman. Right. um, Who's uh, Paul Walker's friend. Um, I thought I, I thought it was just like this great manic energy and oh this movie's so funny ha 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 ha. Upon rewatch, Tyrese is still hilarious, but I think he's the only person who's like I'm just gonna have a fucking good time with this. Yeah, the That's villain fair. is laughable. He's a drug king. Oh god, it's so bad. Yeah. So, so like, the plot. So yeah, take us through the plot, Andre. Well, so basically, this. So the biggest problem. The, 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 so two fast is already starting behind the eight ball because Vin Diesel did not return. So Dom is not in this movie. Nowhere to be found. It's mainly so. So that just means that that uh, Paul Walker's Brian gets way more screen time. And as we alluded to before, he's not the best actor. And it's he's totally serviceable as a main character, but he's not the reason I I would watch those early films at least. Yeah. Know? Okay. That's fair. Um, and, and Jill's right, Tyree, like, so, so quickly, like, Tyrese becomes, it's like a buddy cop movie, almost, like, it's, yep. they're trying, it, it, they changed it from, like, a movie about street racing to super secret agents that have to street race to, to, to keep their cover. Undercover um, cops. Undercover cops to street race to keep their cover, and it's, it's, it's immediately much more silly, but not in, like, a fun way, like, it's just. I don't know. These movies kind of ratchet up the ridiculousness, and I think that it ends up being, uh, you know, more fun in a different way. I would say that that's not the case with Too Fast, Too Furious, because it's just silly and. I mean, you I haven't know, even was... brought up the rat torture scene, so. Oh my god! Yeah, so the main bad guy is this drug mogul, and it, 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 oh my god! So basically, they work with the border uh, border security to try to get this guy uh, get this guy arrested, and. His whole intimidation tactic is that he has dirty cops working for him, and one of them is about to flip. He's like, oh, I don't know about this. And, like, what, they, they hold him down at the bar, and he's like, I gotta, like, I have a bunch of rats that I don't feed ever because, so that makes them super desperate. One rat. <laughs> and then so, we... Oh, yeah, sorry. It's a rat. And then we heat up rat. the bucket that it's under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claws way out. the rat on your belly and then heat the bucket up, and then it's gonna scratch its way through your insides, and it's like... You can tell each other trying to go for something that's like, whoa, this is super gruesome, this guy's fucked up. I failed like, to see the problem. It's just, it's okay, this guy is 
like I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's... I would say intimidate like on it as an intimidating villain, kind of an eye roll. He's chewing the scenery. Like towards yeah. the end of the film, he's on a yacht waving an AK forty seven around. Yeah, that's true. My kind of dude. Um, yeah, the, I would say the, the the magic did not the lightning bolt did not strike twice here. It did not. Fast and furious. It needed Vin Diesel. They didn't really, with the exception of a few passing lines. There is no other members of the the family that we saw in the first one. I do appreciate the jo- the constant joke to Paul Walker's character about like don't sleep with the bait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of a, kind of a nice little continuation. But yeah, I mean, like, so Tyrese is fun in this movie, but he's no Vin, you know? No. Like, yeah. I'm ha- I was pleasantly surprised. I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed his return in Fast Five, but... Um, we'll I get mean, to that after... Uh, we, I will say that of the Fast and the Furious films, this is the only one whose director was not invited to come back. Okay, that's fair. Fast and Furious, the big stinker, but I don't think it's a very, con- not only it's a very controversial take. I'll be honest, I love Too Fast, Too Furious, so it is a controversial take to me, um, because literally, I, I I don't know what it is about this movie, it just, it's like the perfect nostalgia trip for me, I guess. Okay. It's yeah. one of those, I saw in theaters, I loved it, and it hasn't gone down for me, even though I know it's terrible. In theaters, this movie would have been fun. Now yeah. I wonder, do you like Mission Impossible 2? I do not Fast like Mission Impossible 2. is very similar. Yes, I would like I would put Too Fast, Too Furious, and Mission Impossible 2 in similar tiers of sequels that jump the shark in not a good way. I can, yeah. I can see what you're saying there, but uh, I, I I don't care for uh, Mission Impossible 2. I, that's the one I've gone back to the least, and it's just it's unnecessary, it feels like. I do love the John Woo pigeon shot, though, which is used several times in Mission Impossible 2. Holy moly, yeah. That's right. I might have gone the wrong director for Fast and the Furious 2, because I know Mission Impossible 2 is John Woo. That is definitely so, John Woo, it's yes. It's uh, John Singleton? Let me, let me correct myself right Mitchell, Yeah, Mitchell says John Singleton. John Singleton. John Singleton. Yeah, most famous for Boys in the Hood. Um, but definitely, oh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, so he's definitely one of those groundbreaking black writers and directors. Um, but I wouldn't... Oh, that guy! Yes, so I wouldn't say that... Um, action movies were his forte, right? And I think this was him dipping his toes in it a little. Um, yeah. But yeah, but everything else, if you look at this guy's TV, R.I.P. By the way, um, really good stuff, up and down, including television work. Oh shit, he did. If there was a decent amount of studio interference on this one, then too. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Can edit me out saying that John T- John Woo did uh, Fast and Furious, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> I'll say it. yes, I edited it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's agree you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Three. Also agree that Tokyo Drift is the most underrated. Yeah, oh my god. Here we go. Dark Horse here is the one that has nothing to do with the other two, with the first. Right. So, so I was going to this movie like so too Furious, and everyone is everyone tells me that Tokyo Drift is really bad, and I'm like, God. We just finished Too Fast and Furious. We gotta watch Tokyo Drift now. Like, God, man, this is gonna suck. It's Tokyo and Drift. <laughs> maybe, maybe it, um, maybe it was that lower expectations that helped a lot. But I had a lot of fun with that movie. Like, so I feel like movie. was Tokyo Drift released like years after Too Fast and Furious? No, I don't think it was a lot of time after. Hold on, I I have the list. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like it was like two years, so it kind of had three like years, three years difference. Three years difference. Yeah, but you know, think about so the, it might have been released three years after, but it probably went into production at like a year and a half because that right. movie has far more CGI. 
or not CGI, but it has far more green screen effects. They traveled, I think, to Tokyo, so they had to go there. Well, my thing um, was more so, like, you guys are saying that it was better than Too Fast, Too Furious. I'm wondering if it was released earlier, would it have done better? Mm, okay, fair enough. That is a good, if, they, if that had been the second one, just jump it to be in an, on an anthology series, if you will. Yeah. Or, uh, well, really, or, or just after Too Fast, Too Furious was released, you give that three-year gap, everybody forgets how bad Too Fast, Too Furious was. And they go to Tokyo Drift, and it's like, oh, God, this was another bad one. This sucks. Versus, like, hey, this was actually better when you just right after watch Too Fast, Maybe. Too Furious. I think, I think what worked for me was that it was silly. It was it was very stupid, very silly movie. But yeah. it was fun like I was able to laugh. I feel like I was laughing with the movie almost more. Like okay. I was, I was having a better time at the ridiculousness of it. You, you know liked I mean? the villain in this one. I did. K. K is a fun villain to watch. The K, <laughs> which stands for Drift King, Drift King. The guy that like shows up at the parking garage and just drifts his ass all over the main character. What's his name? John. Who even cares? No, it's not. It's not John. Generic white guy, like, generic... Sean. Sean. You were close. A high schooler who really looks like a college kid. Yeah, he looks like he, like a high schooler. He, he looks like he's in his mid-20s, but whatever. It's I mean, it was probably played by an adult. Let's call it what it yeah. is. Yeah, no, no. We looked up his age. He was, like, 25 at the yeah, 23, okay. which is pretty standard. But, like, yeah. he looked yeah, old to be... He looks pretty old to be passing for 18. Anyways... Yeah. DK drifts his ass all over this guy at the parking, like at this parking garage, and it is hype. Like he has this whole entourage. He just has this mean mugging face that he just looks like he knows what he's doing. And immediately, I'm buying in. Like, all right, we need to take this asshole down. Like, I want to punch this guy's face. We want to want to drift him out of this out of the fucking sky. All right. You so had. God, no, no, all you, all you. So what I was gonna say is that unlike Too Fast, Too Furious, and even Fast and the Furious, which had these plots of either an undercover cop trying to bust a ring of thieves or an undercover TV cop player. trying to bust a drug yeah. kingpin. Tokyo Drift doesn't really have a plot. The, no, the setup is this high schooler gets into one too many car accidents because he's, steal, he's stealing these cars and he's right. either going to go to juvie or his he has to go live with his dad in Japan, his estranged father. So his he ends up going to Japan and he's really—I wouldn't say this movie Big Trouble Little China did it, but he's just kind of there, going right. from set piece to set piece okay. to get to more car racing. Right. Yeah, right. there is no driving plot. It's he's in Japan, he sees the racing, he makes some friends who have car connections, so he can get behind the wheel of a car. He gets his ass handed to him by DK. Now he's embarrassed. He's like, "I'm going to learn to drift." And that's, that's that's the story. The there is no yeah. there is no we have plot. The final act throws the yakuza in there. It's so, well, so it's yeah, because he you know he he needs to bring honor to his family and his right. grandfather. Apparently, really like, cares. I mean, haven't you heard the term Deus Ex Yakuza? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Boom. Yakuza. 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 
and you know he gets showed up a bit he looks kind of stupid and the grandfather's like okay you guys are going to do a race and whoever wins can date this girl yeah right there's, they, there's... They, they, they put the they put the love interest as like the bet the, the bet what like yeah. Yeah. No. There's, there's a girl who's like, my reputation is questionable, so I, I'm dating this guy, and if I don't date him, everybody thinks I'm a whore, and it's really right. stupid. Yakuza, um, she's basically indebted to the Yakuza. It's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. it's really stupid, but like, that's, that's the finale. It's not like you have to get money, or you need to find the drugs, or you need to stop the bomb. It's, it's a love story. You embarrassed my grandson. <laughs> right. So <laughs> do one more race, and we'll see who really is like the king of drifting. The grandson <laughs> loses. Should have his car like goes off a cliff, and in theory he should have died. And the grandfather's like, "Girl, you can date the American." Yes. What? That's fine. Rap. That's a rap. Oh that's, no, that's the end. Not a rap. The rap is at the end. The end credit sequence. They tease. What is it? Oh, we haven't even talked about Han. Have we? No, we haven't talked about the best character in the franchise. So, so this also is going to be awesome. Whoa, 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 Best character in the franchise? Yeah. He's in the top three at least. It's, it's, I'll give you top three, but best? I don't think it's a hot take. Han? I think, I think I've heard that before. Everything yeah. needs to revolve around we, Dom Toretto. We need to, we need yeah, to no, need Dom to, definitely is up there. We need to introduce <laughs> who this character is. So okay. in Tokyo Drift, the American teenager, Sean, after he totally Sean, fails Han. at drifting because he's never had to do it before, this Chinese guy named Han is like, I will teach you how to drift. By the way, I have a lot of money, I'm pretty aloof, and I got great hair. His hair is fantastic. And I'm going to die. Han and him kind become of, really good of. friends, and things kind of go south with the um, Drift King, DK. There's a really great car chase sequence, and Han ultimately dies. So yep. It seems. And so it seems. It, you know, his loss, was we felt that, because he was like by far the best thing in the movie. And then at the end of the film, after Sean becomes the new Drift King, and he's got his trophy girlfriend, the credits go, and then, you know, they're in the garage, and a car pulls up, the window rolls down, and there is Vin Diesel. Yeah, what was it? They said, uh, they said oh, yeah. this guy, he says he knows Han. He says he was like family, and then as soon as he said like family, I Family. Oh! <laughs> yeah. And the, the end credits ends with them getting ready to do a race. We don't know who would win, but naturally Dom. And Han, in my opinion, so far, is like my favorite character in this franchise. That's fair. He's got great hair, and later he sleeps with Gal Gadot. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, fucking he does. Babe. Damn, he does. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. So okay. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. The dark horse, but so far, but at the time was our favorite, yeah, which definitely. brings us to Fast Four. Let's right. make uh, Fast Four, Fast Five, and Hobbs and Shaw fit into a five to ten minute like chunk. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Chunk. Yeah, no, 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 no. We'll keep it brief because yeah. honestly, I think Fast Four. I don't really have any feelings on uh, the. It was kind of fine. Like that was like okay, cool. It's the big movie where 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 Brian and Dom are back together again, and there's. This did you say Ryan? Brian. Oh, okay. Ryan. I heard Ryan at first. Ryan. I was like, did you just call him Ryan? Are we just calling him the wrong name on purpose now? Yeah, whatever. We just call Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah, Paul Walker. Whatever. There, you know, it's 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 supposed to this Rip. whole the whole entire first half of the movie is this whole tension of like, oh man, like they're on the opposite sides of the law. And, Brian wants to, you know, help out Dom, but he also wants to be a good agent, so he, he needs to bring Dom in, and he's trying to lessen his sentence or whatever, and it's just 
meh. I don't know. There's no yeah. feeling for them to team up. Yeah. I thought of this one. They basically, they basically pretend that Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift never happened. Fair. In a way. It, they essentially hit the reset button, and it picks up with Dom coming back into town um, because Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's character Rodriguez. from the first film, has been what seems to be murdered. Right. He's on a revenge quest. Paul character is on the other side being like with the, I think it's the CIA. I don't remember who they are yeah, this think, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the CIA. Guy. Yeah. It's the CIA. He's been recruited by the CIA to help bust another drug kingpin who it turns out has ties to the probable murder of Letty. So that's why Dom and Brian don't really team up until the last third of the right. film because Dom's like, no, I'm going to do this on my own. And Brian's like, no, let me help you. It's it's fine. It's this fun. is yeah. the movie that introduces Gal Gadot's character. For a hot second. I, I did not expect her to show up. Yeah, but she comes She comes back. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she comes back. It's great. But I like Moody Dom. Moody like, yeah, Dom. I'm gonna have to rewatch these, aren't I? Because I, I re- slightly remember it, but not completely, and it's just been a while. Yeah, it, it's just it's fine. It's, I'm happy to see Vin back. Uh, yeah, it, it sets up the pieces nicely for five. That, yeah, that's it, the best thing I can say about four. Yeah, it's it, it feels like a transitional movie. It's fine. Not really my favorite, but it was okay. Which brings us to five. Fast five. Fast five. So four, as I said, just then sets up the pieces for Fast Five. Fast Five starts off well. Slight spoiler: Fast Four ends with Dom almost going to jail again, but Brian and some other characters were going to bust him out. So Fast Five picks up with them getting trying to save Dom from going to jail, and it's a really great set piece. There's a good car chase at the beginning, and then it cuts to them in Rio. Right? They're in Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They go to Rio. Brian's on the run. They meet up with some familiar faces from the first film. And the solution to their problems is we're going to do some, we're going to steal some cars and sell them. We're going to make enough money and then we're going to be, you know, live our lives. We don't really know what happens, happened to Dom at this point. They do their, the, 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 whatever, the crime. They okay. jump on a train. They steal some cars. Things go sour very quickly. The train, yeah. Dom shows up. It's a great moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah. people die. And Dom and, Brian go off into hiding because they pissed off. They've now pissed off this crime lord, which then, because of these events, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character Hobbs Hobbs brought into the movie Hobbs. because cops died, and no, oh no, Hobbs can't have that. No so cops he's dying on the case. And so he's supposed to be like the hard-boiled cop that's like the cop yeah. hunter or the killer. He's like the the the, the like the bad guy hunter. Dwayne yeah, the Rock Hobbs. Boy. There it is. The Rock Hobbs. Yep. Yes. And my God, is he sweaty? He's extremely sweaty. Like they like added sweat to him. They had. He is sweat. very. He is very glistening. And and what's striking is that similar to Paul Walker, you can definitely tell that The Rock, even though he's been in a lot of movies at this point in his career, he is not. He, he's still working on his acting chops. Right now, I would say Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is 
a fun actor. I like seeing him in movies, including in Hobbs and Shaw. I think he's fun in that movie, too. He's but, found um, his you, rhythm. You can tell that he's not quite the thespian he is today. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So um, the set, I will say that the, the, the real driving plot of this movie is after they've pissed off this Rio, um, this crime lord in Rio, they, um, they decide that they're going to steal money from him. And that'll they'll be set for life. And, this, and I didn't know it at the time, but the the crime that they decide to do is basically the plot of um, the Italian Job. Yep. Yeah. So I have now seen that, yeah, oh, the Italian Job. If I could sum it up in, the, in the, my thoughts in, 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 in succinctly about this movie is that it, it was fun, but it made me just want to watch the Italian Job, which we did. Uh, basically, this is kind of it felt like a knockoff of that almost, which is which. It, yeah, I don't know. See, I'll say that the. the Fast Five, the safe scene, was probably one of my favorite pieces of this whole, like, movie series. Absolutely. It's it's nice to see all... So, to pull off this job, they have to bring in all these familiar faces from the franchise. That's the payoff. Yeah. That was the payoff. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. That that, that rewards the fans for watching all of these other movies. Right. Right. Like, ensemble cast, it almost felt... Not quite Avengers S, but kind of that level where it's like, oh man, like all these characters are back. Han's back, Gal Gadot's back, Tyrese is back. Let's go. Ludacris. Better hide your baby oil. What's that? Better hide your baby oil. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so Fast Five was a lot of fun. I think it was probably 15 minutes to Might one six to set some things up. But it it really, the payoff of seeing all these characters come together and play off one another, the heist, when they actually finally pull it off, is... Yeah great though knowing what we know now and see having seen Hobbs and Shaw Mm. the first four films are still really tied to this is a movie these films are about street racing and essentially car porn yep this film is the first one that had no car racing they try there was a few moments where it was like we're gonna go let's race and they get close to the car and then whatever something happens and they stop yeah. From here on out, these films go from being about street racing to pulling like heist films, but with cars is my general understanding. Or CIA I mean, or whatever, yeah. yeah. I, I, right. I'm not sure where we're going. We're getting close to super real films now. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to miss the street racing. Like, oh, I think yeah. that's why Tokyo Drift is one of my favorites, is because yeah. that film did away with the plot completely and was all about the street racing. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, We've kind of talked about Hobbs and Shaw before on this show, um, yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll we'll drop that one. Um, overall, where you guys are at, where would you give it one through five stars, the whole Fast and the Furious series, to where you're at? The whole, like, the whole package? Yeah, the whole package. Um, I mean, there's never, we, you, we've never walked out of one of the, gotten up from the couch and said, wow, that was a waste of time. Yeah. That's fair. So we can't, it, it's not going to be like... There might be one of those five, later today. <laughs> 3.4, like 3.5? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on like a two and a half because it's just right now the biggest problem, my biggest problem with the Fast and Furious is that I'm getting inconsistent enjoyment out of them. You know, like two, two Fast and Furious, the real low low, and fast, uh, fa- the fourth Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious is not as fun for me either. Right. Um, I think overall, I'm, I'm glad we're watching them, but like, yeah, like it's like, it's, it's uh, I don't know, yeah, probably about two and a half busters out of five. Two yeah, okay. Busters. I say three, three and a half. Like I, I enjoyed the set pieces. Two really is not as good upon rewatch. Ah, um, <sighs> break my heart. Same, same, same qualms about four, the 
just Fast and Furious. It's just really inconsistent. Um, I don't like Fast and Furious, so I'm on board with that. I care about these characters now. Yeah. That's true, too. You're right. I love Han. Yeah. We're going to watch the rest of them. I'm excited. Oh, and the good news is you you really only have one bad one of the three left. Wait, there's a bad one in the future? Right, I thought we were in the clear. I think there's a what's, bad what's one. considered the bad one? Yeah, Jesus. Okay, well, well I guess my opinion. I didn't care for six that much. Okay. That's the next one. Yeah, and, and seven and eight. Eight is okay. It's just, it's... Well, that's the last Paul Walker one, right? Seven is. Seven is, yeah. Seven, and seven is my favorite of them all. So, it, it's, it's giving away... So, six, I think, is bad... But not terrible. Like, I still enjoyed it. And I think if I were to rank all of them, it'd be just more in the middle or, like, half bottom, you know? Yeah. Versus, like, seven is the top top. So you're you're in for some good ones. And then, like, eight's I, I middle of the road. I think it helps that we're firmly in. I think Justin Justin Lin directs... Oh, he didn't direct Fast Furious 7. But, like, now no. we're finally with a consistent director, so at least there's a direction there. Right. what tone they're going for now. Yeah. To close this out, I would say I absolutely understand how this franchise has persevered since the first one came out in, like, 2000, 2001. Right. It's hokey. It's campy. The cars are... It knows what it is. Cars. Yeah. The car racing is really great. Yeah. It has some abominable CGI at some times, but... Of course. You know what? If you want... If you, if you like a high-octane experience where you don't have to think too hard and you might be a bit of a like a diesel head seeing these movies on a big screen oh my god that would be yeah such yeah so, see it in yeah. imax get the sounds too i would watch tokyo drift in imax yeah all right that'll bring us to mitchell mitchell what did you watch for this uh podcast here so I guess I would say the closest tie-in that my movie has with the Fast and Furious franchise is actually with Tokyo Drift. So Andre, oh. buckle up. You actually might like this one. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. Over quarantine, my definition of what a movie is has definitely broadened, right? Yeah. And we're at this point now where streaming services have become the haven of places to watch new things. And right. obviously documentary series have become kind of one of the big things to watch. And for me, something that just came out within the past week on Disney Plus, it's Marvel 616. So it's an eight-part series. Every part is its own thing. Uh, there are eight mini documentaries. They're about 50, 40 to 50 minutes each. And they opened it with basically... So the whole uh, concept of the series is talking about real-world culture based around Marvel characters. Nice. So the very first one that they get into is the Japanese Spider-Man TV show from the 1970s. Oh, Oh, all right. It is absolutely bonkers. So there's no Peter Parker. There's none of this, right? So let me... I took some notes here. So it aired from 78 to 79, 41 episodes, and a movie. And how long is the movie? 24 minutes long. (laughs) That's a movie? It was released in theaters, and they still called it a movie, even though it was shorter than most of the TV shows. Yeah, seriously. So, everything about this is bonkers. So, the the short story is this. A Marvel publisher uh, from New York wanted to sell the rights to Spider-Man overseas somewhere, and he decided to go off and go to Japan. Um, So, here he is running around trying to figure out, um, you know, who to sell this, uh, the rights to the Spider-Man character to. 
And he realized that when he was going to all these different publishers, um, the Japanese comic book readers, so basically manga readers, they were not into American comics because there's too many words. For manga, there it's much more visually driven. And for a character like Spider-Man, where a lot of his character is what he says in his quips, um, there's just too many words to take in. Um, so he realized that if they were going to sell this character to someone, they would totally have to revamp. And that's exactly what they did. So eventually they came upon a TV production company that specialized in children's media. And they're like, all right, we got this character. Uh, he crawls on walls. Here's his costume. Are you in? And they said, yes, but we're going to do something completely different. So the only thing that you can <laughs> recognize from this show, there's no Aunt May, Uncle Ben, none of that. You would just recognize the costume, and that's pretty much it. He oh, doesn't, interesting. He doesn't yeah. even live in a big city because it costs too much money to film in Tokyo. So, <laughs> so a lot of this is set in this. I'm literally looking up Google. I, I've seen Japanese Spider-Man before. I know what the costume looks like, but I just Googled just to look at Google Images. There's Spider-Man holding a goddamn gun. Like a, is like this a, the one that he has a giant mecha? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So one of the things that they wanted to change because they knew like to sell this to a Japanese children's audience that at the time and still now I would argue that robots are a huge deal and they sell a lot of toys, which is kind of the story for all of children's media success. If you can capitalize with it with toys, oh, yeah. then you're oh, in yeah. you're in the clear. So Just look at Power Rangers. Yeah, so the backstory for this Spider-Man, he's not bitten by a radioactive spider. He doesn't have a crush on Mary Jane. This guy is a motocross stuntman. And event, so his father studies space archaeology. That's like his title. And in the pilot, his father um, investigates a UFO crashing in the middle of this canyon. When he gets down there, he gets killed. So the guy who eventually becomes Spider-Man, who's his son goes down there and finds his dead father and as he's mourning he sees someone in a cave goes into this cave and it's this alien who has the power of spiders and God. he's just like yo man i'm here because there's this bad guy who wants to take over the world i'm trying to stop him i'm too weak to stop him so i'm gonna need you to you know carry on my fight do your thing yeah so like, yeah and the other guy's like what and then before you know it homeboy uh, gives his blood, his spider blood, to the guy who eventually becomes Spider-Man. So it's not a radioactive spider. It's a dude giving another dude his own blood, which oh, I'm sure has a lot of medical issues. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so along with the spider powers that he has now inherited, and it's more of like Inspector Gadget level stuff because he has like a wristband, like a singular wristband that carries all his webbing and stuff. Um which is rope, by the way. It's it's a very thick rope. They're not okay. even pretending that it's webbing. Okay. <laughs> um, and he also inherits this alien's ship, which is called the Marveler. So a little nod to Marvel. And the Marveler, okay. when this guy's in a position where he's fighting a gigantic kaiju, which is like every episode, uh, will turn into this thing called the Leopardon or Leopardon. Leopardon. Yes. And it looks just like you would expect. Voltron, Transformers, anything from Power Rangers, basically the visual cues for all of those things started with Leopardon. Leopardon. Um, yeah, and the main villain is not Green Goblin. It's not Doc Ock. It is a man named Professor Monster. 
Professor oh, Monster. Geez. Professor Monster. But get this. So the reason why they chose Professor Monster. Okay. So in the Japanese language, they stylized the the name by saying Professor in Japanese and Monster in English. So okay. it sounds like a mix of two languages. And yes, they, they love the puns. They loved it, and they thought it sounded cool to little Japanese kids. Because Monster, mm. it doesn't sound goofy, it sounds no. cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, that that is basically a glimpse behind of basically how they completely um, converted this character for a Japanese audience. And the big part of this uh, documentary, they're interviewing all the people who are part of it, and they're like, yeah, we're making it on the cheap, but we're getting a lot of success. And then finally, the big wigs at Marvel, including Stan Lee, they yeah. fly over to Japan to give it their blessing. They they watch it in some you know conference room in Tokyo, and after it's all done, everyone's sweating bullets. The people who right. worked on this, and they got a sense in the room that no one from America liked this, and they were right, except for one person who stood up and said, "I like it." Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Hell yeah. Stan is the guy who said, "You know what? For the first time ever." Um, I felt like this was a living comic book. Nice. And there is nothing that we had seen from live action American Spider-Man that would hold a candle to this because this Spider-Man was actually climbing on walls. They did all of the um, stunts in a practical way. So when he okay. was scaling up a building, there was a stuntman climbing up a building with some strategically placed rope. So a lot of the stunts were practical most of it was, I would say. And they didn't go cheap in terms of... Well, it was entirely cheap. But they tried to get the most practical effects, action sequences as possible. And that's what Stan loved the most. And he understood that the changes that were made were necessary to sell it to They him. made the the necessary money appear right. for the thing. Cool <laughs> yeah. So, so that, to me, shows that Stan Lee wasn't so precious about his own creation that any sort of changes big changes that it made to the character he was still cool with you know it still worked absolutely especially spider-man so um, has anybody else read ready player one in this group i did not read it I a long time ago so, so don't yeah i, I, I love i love this book leprechaun is um in the book uh makes a cameo stuff occurs and at one point all um the main characters they get little toy robots and they yes. have a huge selection so if you're into mecca there's a lot of names getting dropped and um, one of a character picks up leopard on i think it's the main i think it's wade the main character i think that's the one he picks oh um, nice. and there's a little you know little easter egg in the book ready player one where that gets get that gives leopard on a shout out I that's, knew how Le- I knew what, that's why i asked is this the one that has the robot I, yes. knew, I knew Leopardon sounded familiar, but and like I said, it's been forever since I read Ready Player One, so. Yeah. I don't want to hate Rant for why I despise the movie. So. <laughs> so this is a movie that has a legacy far beyond its run. You know, it was, it was only on Japanese airwaves for about a year, and the whole stipulation for Stanley and everyone else giving their blessing to this is that this would not see um, any audience beyond Japan forever in their yeah. mind, right? And of course... Uh, technology changes and people's curiosity for their favorite characters change and eventually marvel released all these um tv shows and the movie quote-unquote on marvel.com back in 2009 uh so that was the first time at least in a um legal way that american audiences could watch the japanese spider-man nice and the legacy that it that it holds you know the the show was canceled not so much for the lack of success but this, the production company that put this on realized, well, 
the real big hits here are the robots. Right. And they started to develop more shows around that. Marvel took that same cue, and they decided to make more comic book-based robot stories. And eventually, the big hit became Transformers. Ah. And that was a big partnership with Hasbro, obviously. Yeah. Um, But um, if you look at Japanese... tell What's up? Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at... So, yeah, this was developed by Toei. Toei... Yes. So, yeah, okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense, because, yes, they basically started the giant robot genre, as it were, so... Absolutely. So, they they completely went into the right direction, and you can see the influence everywhere from uh, Power Rangers... I would argue a different anime also took influence from this, like Gundam. Um, so the the legacy of this short 11-month run is huge. And for those who are really into into the Spider-Verse, uh, they yes. have confirmed, possibly, that this oh. Japanese version of Spider-Man will make an appearance. So yes! That will be, that'll be very uh, cool. Spider-Man 2099. We got the this Japanese Spider-Man. I love it. So this is a great... This is a... This I believe this is only the first episode that I have seen, but I'm considering it its own documentary film. I learned a lot for those who love Spider-Man and definitely were was into the whole idea that Spider-Man can be anyone. Yeah. That Spider-Verse put out there. Um, I highly recommend this. It's under the Marvel Six One Six series. It's called Marvel Six One Six because that is the main comic book universe um, that the main co- you know comic book super- superheroes live in for Marvel. Um, for those who are wondering, the MCU is Earth one nine 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 nine. So okay. there's the multiverse in play. The other episode that I have not seen yet is about cosplay. Uh, we have Paul Shear leading one episode about hunting down the most forgotten characters in the Marvel universe. Paul uh, we have um, writers and artists um, creating new storylines using the Marvel method, which is very famous. Okay. Um, and then they have something called Spotlight, which is about people in black box theaters putting on Marvel plays. Oh, so yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's a cool little series. They got eight episodes so far. I'm going to call it a movie because this episode, and it seems like all these episodes can stand on their own. Mm. And it's just one of the cool parts about comic book fandom that I saw as a young San Diego kid who went to Comic Con every year. And now to see it uh, put out on a mainstream platform like Disney Plus, I mean, you know, 20 years later for me of going through all this uh, love affair with comic books, it's 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 just awesome, you know? It's like it's I cool. feel validated. Yeah. Like this fandom feels validated. So the Japanese Spider-Man first pilot episode of Marvel 616, I'm going to give it a four out of five spider ropes. Spider ropes. Spider ropes. Yeah, it works. Yeah. 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 Just quick aside, I feel like Dis- so this is not the first like little Disney document docu series that they have put out. No. They have a whole number of them. There's a really the first the first one that I happened to see and it might have been like the first one in this series that they're doing is just how like the history of Disney, Disney World, Disney everything. Yeah, I can't remember its name. The imaginary they're all story. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, the imaginary story I think is the one That's you're talking it. about. That's what I'm talking about. Yep, Imagineering story. Um, yeah, if any if you guys have if you guys haven't seen that one, I highly recommend it. If you're, they recently did the Frozen, the making of Frozen Two, which yep. for a company that makes such important films, it's kind of shocking that they don't really have a lot of behind the scenes footage. Like, not. It would be amazing if Disney did what Peter Jackson did for the making of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits, and I feel like Disney's missing out on an opportunity. Um, 
So if you haven't seen the making of Frozen 2, I highly recommend that. But it's it's great to hear that they're continuing to put out really good quality content on the history of either their original properties or the properties that they've acquired in the last couple of years. Absolutely. And they've done a lot of great things beyond the, uh, the Imagineering story. They've also done Inside Pixar, which is yep. more oh, of yeah. like 15 episode chunks. But That's uh, new, too. That is new. And then they also did a behind-the-scenes look at the making of The Mandalorian, which is really which cool, I've too. Which I've been meaning to see. Yes. So yes, that's been on my list, too. Disney's yeah. going all in on this, and I'm for it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, that sounds awesome. I mean, uh, it's something that, like, I realize I haven't done enough Disney Plus, like, perusing because yeah. I haven't found some of the stuff. Um, but... Okay, I guess that brings it to uh, the bad movie of the pod. Woo! What do you got? Um, the bad movie of the pod was Sunam B. B? B. Wow. Like B E E. Like, like be who you want to be? No, like B E E, like stingy bees. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, um. Uh. It's. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. Is yeah. it a B movie? It is a D movie. <laughs> oh, it's a D oh, movie. Like, yeah. yeah it's, that, re- um, that really stings, Mike. Oh, my God. Wow. They even have that on the fucking poster. Don't do that. <laughs> it's It says this one's going to sting mm. on the poster for Tsunami. Mm. Uh, it stars No One You Know, uh, which is a great start point. Um, the beginning of the movie, you see this woman gathering sticks in what looks like a post-apocalypse apocalyptic world jesus easy for me to say um and like you don't know why she's grabbing these sticks but she's just grabbing these sticks and you're just like okay and then all of a sudden title screen tsunami (laughs) and it's these people that are like exploring a rainforest and they see these gigantic hives and they go how are we going to destroy this whole species they're like oh we'll we'll get the queen and then the queen is pissed, and then they all die. So it, you're it thinking happens. you're thinking these are the people you care about? No, these are not the people you care about. Then we go to a guy waking up from a dream where his brother was shot by a cop. Um, this dude wears nothing but yellow. He has uh, he has a friend in yellow. He has a sister. They don't really establish a relationship. They might be sister-brother. They might be together. Like, that's how creepy Mm, it is. Got it. Um, But they all wear yellow. Because they are obviously in a gang, and they didn't want to represent Blood or Crips, so they went yellow. Okay. (laughs) All right. L.A. is starting on fire, because people are trying to get rid of these bees that are attacking everybody. So they decide they're going to hop in their car and they're going to go and get out of there so they don't get stung by these massive bees that are now forming into a tornado. No, not a tsunami, a tornado. Okay, so the oh, the title's just there for the pun. Yes, 100%. I see. I see. They, okay. They don't ever reference it because it, <laughs> I was ready to finish my beer when they said, Oh no, it's a tsunami! Ah! But they don't say it. They don't say it. They don't say it. Because there's a tsunami. Right. Well, it's, it doesn't take place on water, so it definitely isn't a tsunami, and it definitely isn't a tsunami. Oh, God. So where does the name come from? They wanted the pun. They, they just got they the pun. They did all of that for a pun. Yep. Right? It got you to watch it. Uh, 
No, right. it did not get me to yes, watch it. Yes, it did, Mike. No, it did not. Mike, this is a safe place. Uh, I will I will shout out Real Good. Real R-E-E-L. Good. Okay. You put all your services in there, and then you can see what you want to watch based on that. Okay. And you can do things like filter terrible movies. Oh, great. And so I filtered it, and this is like, I found it as a character. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Boz. Mach wow. 2. Wow. Mach 2 I didn't 2 know is he called. had an acting career. Yes, he did have an acting career. Uh, it lasted two movies, I think. Got, I see, I just know him for football. Okay. Yes, and then there was like one with Randy Couture, and then there's like an Avengers movie that takes place in the Brothers Grimm universe. Oh, If you check out our Instagram, I posted the six of my favorite that I saw on there. Um, I love the Brothers Grimm, so I have to check that out. Uh, you do not need to check that out because it's awful. <laughs> and there's a second one that's worse that they go through time travel. I see. But they're called Avengers Grimm. They didn't even hide that they're trying to be a Grimm Avenger story. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just not worth it. But back to Tsunami. Um, so our heroes, the three wearing yellow, uh, one looks like Exhibit. One looks like Steve Aoki, and the other one looks like Mary J. Blige. Um, and so I will call them by their names, but I may refer to them as the rap names because Steve Aoki is definitely Steve Aoki, even though he's yeah. not Steve Aoki. Can't I, okay, so now I want to watch this with those three in the movie. See, that would be great. No, no, okay. you do not. It's... It, are you kidding? Like, X to the Z and Steve Aoki together? The UC Santa Barbara, you know, bred son? Well, so the the issue exhibit has one emotion throughout the film, and that's angry. Is he angry because these rides ain't pimped out? Uh, he is angry because his brother was shot by police. Okay, that's probably more legitimate. Yeah. And uh, then uh, when we see them, they're, like, traveling through this country, or, like, this country land. Not Not, like... Yeah. Oh, it's a different country. It's the country. It's rural area. Yeah. Um, they have been stopped by two rednecks <laughs> who are just rednecks, and that's their character. And they have, like, machine guns pointed at them, and then they, the others are, like, replying back with, like, pistols. Yeah. It's not... It's a one-sided battle. I see. Um, a sheriff comes... And it's just like, Jesse, put down your gun. And Jesse is obviously the main redneck that we're going to not care about. <laughs> and once he puts down his gun, all he does is become a wimp. Aww. Like, the entire time now he's just like, I don't want to get stung by the bees. Me, 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 me. That's it. Is it a, that's his, accurate That's portrayal? his, yes, this is his acting. <laughs> this is what the director told him. This is your motivation. You don't so want to get stung. the gun emasculated him. <laughs> yes. So he is a modern day Republican. Um, oh, wow! Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> Hot take. Mike Let's go. Went there. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Damn! I didn't know he gets a political commentary. Hot take. Ah, uh, you're welcome. I don't know how hot that is. I think it's pretty spot on. <laughs> okay. Um, so they're like all like in a Mexican standoff against each other yeah and finally everybody puts their guns away the other redneck picks up the guns put it in the back of the sheriff's car this is important for later <laughs> um so all of the guns besides the sheriff's are in the back of the car and then they start hearing buzzing and the sheriff's like get to your cars and the rednecks of course have locked their doors so they can't get into their car uh <laughs> our guy jesse gets into the car 
but his buddy does not. And mm. a bee, poorly CGI'd, attacks the buddy and kills him. Oh, no. I know. How poorly CGI are we talking? We're, t- we're talking very poorly. Like birdemic yes. level? Yes. Okay. And, uh, and this is what I will say about this movie. If this is what we got for the entire movie, okay, it's not going to be great, but it'd be so bad it's fun. If that's the movie we got. We did not get this movie. <laughs> uh, the sheriff gets this... Alright, so, like, the... Um, I don't even know how to describe them. So, our three wearing yellow, the yellow gang, uh, drive off. The yellow bellies? The yellow bellies drive off. Um, Jesse hops in the car with the sheriff. The yellow bellies get stuck in the middle because they run out of gas. But, luckily, the sheriff and Jesse, who's a racist piece of shit... Stop to pick them up. Well, the sheriff then, they're driving, and she accidentally stops paying attention and almost drives them off a cliff. Accidentally? Yes. How does one accidentally stop looking at the road? Um, there was a bee or something, or she was distracted because, um, spoiler alert, she is the cop who killed the exhibit's brother. <laughs> Because this movie needed to go Star Wars where everyone is connected. I'm into that. I'm into family yeah, dramas. Yeah, I'm down. No. It's kind of like Lost, you know? It almost right. grander meaning. Yeah, it's, it's just like Lost. It, you guys it didn't are end well. This. You guys are killing me with this. <laughs> We're having a good time. Um, Keep going. So after they get off the cliff, because they have to crawl out the windows, the car falls to its doom, so there goes all their guns except for the sheriff's gun, because it was in the back, and they couldn't grab them all. Ah. Uh, they get to a meadow that they have to, like, get to a pipe to hide from the tsunamis. Uh, and Steve Aoki <laughs> dies. You can't call them tsunamis. <laughs> right. The, really? And really, they're wasps, so we'll go with waspnado. Waspnado. <laughs> they're not even bees. There's not even bees, they're wasps. So waspnado, uh, starts going to town on Steve Aoki. Uh, Mary J. Blige falls over, and for some reason she's spared. She's we, Mary J. Blige. We don't know why, but it's not real Mary J. Blige. It's just a girl that kind of looks like Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige? Wait, I, need, I need to say this. I need to say it. Do you think the reason she was spared is because bees can detect royalty? No. Nah. No, they go into why she was spared. Wait, there's a reason? There's a reason. Okay. Oh. Are you sure she's not the queen? There's a reason. I can't wait to hear this. We're, well, we're getting to it. So yeah. at this point, it's like horror elements. That's what the whole thing is. Um, they sleep in this like tunnel because they're like, okay, we'll wait until nightfall because these things are probably not nocturnal. So then we can escape to this farmhouse that we know is there. Why they're okay in the tunnel, I don't know because the bees can just literally come in and sting them all. But for whatever reason, they're okay in the tunnel. All of a sudden, Steve Aoki's there. And exhibits like, oh, cool, I'm going to help my buddy. Steals the gun from the sheriff who falls asleep holding the gun, mm, mind you. As you do. So he steals the gun and he walks over to Steve Aoki and he's like, hey, you okay? And he's like, Ugh. he's a zombie. Whoa. Oh! He's a zombie. Does he have a stinger now? No, he does not have a stinger. Oh, okay. Is he, is he just a regular zombie? He's a regular zombie, yeah. Does he have wings? Can he fly? 
No, he does not. I don't know if they intended for him to be a zombie, but uh, he is now... It sounds like a missed opportunity. He is a zombie, and this never gets brought up again until after the movie's over. Wait, what? That they become zombies. Back in the post-credit scene? There is a post-credit scene, yes. Wow. Um, So it never comes back the entire rest of the way. They shoot him. um, They get to the farmhouse. Farmhouse, of course, has a guy that's just like, I'm going to protect my daughter from you guys and the bees. And he gets knocked out and tied up. Um, Exhibit figures out that she's the sheriff that shot his brother, so he also gets tied up. There's a little girl who is, like, the daughter of the guy. Of course there is. And she finds out Uh that... The reason she was spared when the bees came right. was because she believes in God. Oh no, it's what? one of those movies? Wait, 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 hold on. You just tell me that this movie is a religious message now? This movie is a religious movie. Oh! oh. Is Kirk Cameron gonna pop up next? Nope! Yeah, no, I'm expecting fucking... There, I don't know. They spend 40... Uh, Chuck Norris? <laughs> they spend 40 minutes in this farmhouse talking about if they have faith they can get through it. And there's only one more bee attack that really doesn't kill anybody except for Jesse. Because okay. he doesn't believe. No, because he leaves his friends. He gets in the car and leaves his friends behind. And basically they're just like, you were a douche, you die. So this is like, this is the end. Yes. The Seth Rogen movie. And, yep. Okay, gotcha. But Mary J. Blige has a cross that you never saw before. Oh. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is why she was spared earlier. But Steve Aoki's a douche, so he died. That sounds racist now. But, so if you're wearing a cross. Yes. If you're wearing a cross. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many people wear those. Yep. Who are probably the worst people I've ever met in my life. One hundred percent. I see. I've okay. seen. Some, I've seen some good people. I've seen people on both sides I've, that have worn crosses. There's good people on both sides. Yes. Um. But seriously, like I, I've seen people on both sides, but these people are not like great. Uh. So the, so exhibit whose real name is JB. Oh, you ruined it. It's not X to the Z. It's JB. <laughs> okay. J is J A Y. B. It's not JB like initials, which disappointed me greatly. Okay. Uh, JB. JB. Right. So JB okay. is like, okay, I need to get out of here because these guys are gonna kill me. Right. And so he somehow gets the shotgun that the old man had, or like the father had. Right. And is holding at the sheriff. Well, then the little girl shoots him. Oh. Wow. And she's, not really going she's not going God to heaven. She's not going to heaven. Yep, and does oh. comes out of nowhere like this is in Texas. No, this oh. is in California. Oh fuck, California. The whole time it's in like just outside of L.A. is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it sucks. Wow, no, you never know. You never know. Um, so the sheriff and the little girl and uh, Mary J. Blige are like, okay, we don't have a car. The bees are in the house. We need to get out of here. So they just decide to book it and run out. Um, Mary J. Blige stops suddenly. The two girls are like stuck in the middle of the swarm, but they're not really stinging them. Right. And then all of a sudden, Mary J. Blige's eyes go dark, and she just like opens her mouth, and the bees come from her mouth. Whoa! End movie! That's how it ends? That's how it ends on a Candyman scene? 
that yeah. is yeah. how that, it ends. Candyman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So wait, um. So when is the sequel? Uh, never. Okay. Um, and then that's it. Oh, that, you that you, ends my line of questions. You you haven't even gotten to the best part. <laughs> What's the, the best, best part? Do you remember the girl that was gathering the sticks? Absolutely. She yes. she was not part of the movie at all. Okay. But she comes back in the post credit scene. Oh great. And the sticks are crosses that she puts in the earth for her dead friends. Aww. Cute. Because religious movie. I love but it. Why did Mary J. Blige have bees in her if she was religious? We don't know. Like, I think I she was. Her belief in God made her immune to the. To, nope. To the bees. No, I... no, maybe she's like a carrier of like the apocalypse because uh... she's so devout. I will Her say. means she's worthy to be worthy to be a vessel. The movie started with the revelations quote of the locusts. Like the the locusts yeah, shall yeah, yeah. swarm and uh, death. And blah 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 shall follow or something uh, something to that effect. I don't remember exact words. Okay. But uh, there was a revelations quote before the title screen, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a biblical film and um, mm. not the. Yeah. I, I found I found a poster and it's in a, it says tsunami the wrath cometh so it does seem rather biblical. Yep. In. So I got your locust quote if you want it. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss, and out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. Yep, not bees. that's fair. That's fair. But that's... not bees. Definitely not bees. Definitely not bees. Because they couldn't <laughs> do a pun with locusts. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Tornade locusts. Tornade locusts. Um, but that's my problem with this film, is that like the beginning of it actually could have Darknado fun. Like it could it could have been very like different kind of movie, but they spent forty minutes in a farmhouse talking about how religion is what saved them. I, I don't care if you're religious. I don't care if you talk about religion or anything like that. I, I just I don't care because like you can do that right. Yes. This was beat you over the head <laughs> with the Bible. Like it is just. Whacking you upside the face, like, hey, power of Christ compels you. Yes. Pow, pow, pow. Yeah, that's, that's a plot twist I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. Also, maybe I missed something, but it also seems a bit hypocritical that you're trying to say that if you believe in God, ergo, you're a good person, except some people who believe in God do bad things. Yeah. Like, what about, like, religious zealots who do horrible things in God? Well, and that's what I think they were trying to establish, is that, like, the dad... So the dad runs with Jesse to the car... And the dad's like, I need to save my daughter because it's what's right. And so he gets, like, minorly stung in the back and ends up dying. Okay. Um, And then that that was the issue is JB then, like, free, shoots him in the face because he's like, I'm not going to deal with a zombie. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And so. How big are these zombies? Like, I'm sorry, the bees, are they, like. Oh, okay. I'm envisioning like big ass. I mean, they're gigantic. Bees. They're 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 huge. Like big as a hand. Big as a hand. Okay, yeah. But they're not like as big as like a car. No, they're not as like big as a car. But they're they're big. I mean, maybe a little bigger than your hand. But you know, it's like they're still relatively like you can hit them with a tennis racket. But they come in okay. swarms. I'm guessing. Yes, they okay. come in swarms. They come in tsunamis. They come in. Yeah, they come well, in tsunamis. Apparently not tsunamis. Well, they, they're wasps and there's no tsunami. They come in, <laughs> They come in strong gusts. They come yeah. in tornadoes. Wasps, tornadoes. Tornado wasps. Tornado would have been a bad, 
Ant-Man and the Wasp? Let's just watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, good question. I need to look up when this movie came out, but... Yo, I got it. 2015. 2015. Uh-huh. There it is. And to, to Andre's point, the original title was to not be The Wrath Cometh. Yes. That was the original title. They oh, decided that was, the title. Okay, that was a okay. little too strong when they tested with audiences. I'm yeah, just making so that part up. Uh, and strong. they shortened it to Tsunami. Uh, wow, 2015. Beautiful. Yep. It's, it's Fantastic. And, like, the thing is, the CGI is horrible. But if, like, they just stuck with that the whole movie and it was just random people getting killed by bees in, like, the worst CGI imaginable, yeah. I could have survived with that. I could have had fun with that, especially because of how much drinking I did, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it almost sounds like it had the potential to be, like, tremors. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... If, they didn't sh- if they didn't show too much. Right, it could be stupid fun. characters. Yeah, yeah. stupid fun. Yeah, and like the the scene where they almost drove off a cliff. Yeah, it was stupid, but at the same time, it was kind of fun to see how they were going to try to get out because it's a police car, so like the back is locked, and so like there was this whole scene of like, oh, are we going to get out of here or whatever? You know, the yellow bellies are stuck in the back. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what what are we rating this sucker? Stinger. Don't you stinger. Mean, are you stinger. Stinger. <sighs> Probably half a, um, I don't know, half a Bible. Half a, half a Bible. Half a Bible of five. Wait, so is this the Mitchell Zero, or is this legitimately a half? It's literally a half. Okay. It's better than Yoga Hosers, because Yoga Hosers just set out to make me pissed off. That sounds like okay. it. This movie could have been fun, and, like, the B scenes are fun. Yep. But it's just so much takes place in one location because it's cheap. And it's all done on shaky cam, too, that oh, doesn't know how to oh focus. No. Oh, thank you. And so, like, it would literally be... All right, I'm going to show you guys because you're virtual. This would be yeah. the camera angle. Ready? Oh, my God. We need to get out of here. There's bees coming. And it feels like they were trying for some Blair Witch like that, where it's like, oh, it's just their face in the corner. But it's literally they're talking to somebody else. It's just a talking scene. And they're like... Ooh, I'm only half in. That's a great angle, Mike. Love that. Thank you. You're welcome. This is fun to do that way, because I can at least show you on a camera. Yeah, no, I have a very visual uh, idea of what this movie looks like now. Thank you. Yeah, so there's there's some parts where they're literally like it's just cut off part of their face. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess half a Bible out of five. Um, better. <laughs> just the Old Testament? Don't, uh, yeah, just the Old Testament. I guess the Jewish Testament. Ooh, ooh, the, the old one. Oh, the Torah. God is a dick in that one. <laughs> yeah. I recently discovered that God is not a dick in the New Testament. Who yeah, knew? No. <laughs> I didn't expect this to go down this road, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and I made two memes for this movie that I'm going to share with you guys after. I just wanted to explain it to you guys first. Uh, it, this has to be going on the Instagram account. Yes. Oh, oh, it's totally going on the Instagram. I can't account. wait yes. to see it. And yes. Doctor. Don't forget to like and follow. Yes. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Um. Yeah. I mean, I tsunamis. It's it's a thing that exists. It's, a it's on Prime. Um. I highly recommend you don't watch it. And like. <laughs> 
Um, I was waiting for the beginning of the movie because I knew there was going to be like a cheesy title scene, yeah. a title screen there. Yeah. And I was not disappointed. It was very much tsunamis and like Boom. yellow on a black screen. Like, yeah, it, it's it's oh, on the nose. I get it. Yeah, it's I on the it nose. Bees. It yep. needed a, to be a crossover with Bumblebee from Transformers to make her. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I I'm in on this idea. Let's pitch it to Michael Bay. And we'll see if he'll produce. <laughs> he's not doing anything these days, right? Yeah, he's just kind of around. I think yeah. he's doing he's doing like Netflix movies now, like on the real. Mm. I think I think that's what he's been doing. Six lately. Underground was him. That was him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Six Underground. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. It's um yeah, Six Underground's fine. Um, well, I mean, normally we get to this part and we talk about what we're excited to see next, but we still don't know when we're gonna see movies in theaters. And and I'll say there is some exciting movie news that came out of late. There is. Yeah, we all talked about it. Jill, do you want to tee us up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was recently announced that HBO Max is going to be releasing Wonder Woman 1984 Christmas on its platform. Wait, what? Christmas Day. Christmas on Christmas, I was getting there. Oh. <laughs> on Christmas Day, HBO Max is going to be releasing Wonder Woman 1984 for the masses, free of charge, unless you do, don't subscribe already. Yep. Um, it's a Christmas miracle. I, we, <laughs> our group of friends had recently dis, were just talking about the streaming wars and all of that, and how how can you kind of stand out to make a name for yourself? And I mean, for HBO Max, this is a great move. We're swinging for the, the fences. And you know what's next? You know what's next, don't you? What? What's next? Well, if WandaVision does well, Disney Plus is going to release Black Widow on Plus. I'd be interested to see if they do that. And yeah. I think honestly, it's more if Wonder Woman does well because for them it, well, it comes it comes down to, and this is my only critique of this as a fan, I love it. As someone who's really interested on the business side of things, um, these movies were meant and marketed to be sold in movie theaters, and they make a ton of money if they hit. Right. With the streaming service, you're selling this um, subscription for twenty dollars a month, and that could cover four people, you know, right. the size of a family to watch this movie. And if that's the only thing that they're interested in, and HBO Max is one of my favorite streaming services, they have a great, great, yeah, they have a great library of content. Um, Studio Ghibli films are on there, and then you got the Turner Classic Movies collection, including Citizen Kane. Hashtag Dream Patrol. All that stuff is there, and it's great. But if you can't retain those um, subscribers after this movie comes out, what was it all for? You know. Right. So I think I'm really curious to see if movies are actually going to make as big of an impact on uh, streaming services as much as TV shows where you have to stay for longer than one month because they <laughs> yeah. come out episodically, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that pans out. But yes, as a fan, I'm so excited to watch this, you know, in and around Christmas. Right. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Likewise. I, would, I, I just would wish that, and this is an HBO Go specific problem, Max, um, HBO Max. Or HBO, HBO Max. Go, HBO Go is dead. HBO Go is dead. Killed it. Um, I Killed wish. I would, ho- I would. I would hope that HBO Max would provide some HDR for support. I'm kind of shocked that they're. I mean, not shocked, but you know, the biggest bummer about Wonder Woman being on HBO Max is that there's no way to watch it in 4K. I, you know, like if you want as close to movie theater the experience, quality experience as possible. I would hope that they would support 4K. Okay, you made that, you made that comment. I was going to say up nerd, but you made that comment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> trying to ma- trying to match the theater experience. I get that. Yeah. Right, and I realize that that's like you know, it, 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 it's very much like an, it's still 4K is still very much a niche thing. 
So yeah. I don't know, even if, even even like offering it as like an extra tier or whatever. But you would pay extra for. I would pay probably five dollars extra for four K HR viewing experience. Yeah, Andre. Not, not to shit on Disney too much, yeah. but. If, you know, Mulan, which they released on their platform for an additional twenty nine ninety nine, I believe. So you had mm-hmm. to buy Disney Plus if you did not have it, and then you had to pay an additional purchase. If maybe they had sold the film with an additional ten, $5 to $10 up for film quality, that would justify the move. I think HBO is being very clever that they're not trying to put a premium price tag right. on Wonder Woman. Unless that announcement... Is coming. I, I haven't read the press release. No. They did say that it's going to be free. I think they learned from Disney. They yeah. get the benefit of coming so. second. You know, like the the second cat gets the mouse kind of deal. So it's um, yeah. second mouse gets the cheese. Gets the cheese. That's it. So whatever whatever the uh, metaphor is there. Uh, but Andre, do we know if any streaming services provide 4K quality? Does like Netflix even do that? Uh, Netflix, I unless they still, I think unless they have, they make it in. Right, I believe Netflix offers some sort, of, like a handful of their shows support. Um, Chuck, any David Attenborough. Yeah, like, like, like yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, yeah. So, so it's 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 a it's a show by show basis, and you also have to pay a premium tier for Netflix, I believe, to even have access to those shows in 4K. Gotcha. Is that true, or is that what you're you're, you're saying? This is a there, there's a whole list of 4K. Oh, okay. ER so I didn't make this up. TV shows, yeah. No, no, no. I remember specifically, like, they, they put out, like, a David Attenborough series as, like, an advertiser. Like, hey, you bought your new 4K TV? Watch this David Attenborough nature documentary. Super crisp, awesome, fuck you quality, you know? Is that what we're calling it? Fuck you quality? quality? <laughs> yes. That's, that's amazing. Right. That's what they said in the commercial. They got David Attenborough to say that. Super awesome, fuck you quality. Here we see. Uh, fuck you quality. <laughs> I love it. Some other cinematic news that's super exciting is the release of the Snyder Cut miniseries. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm not. I'm not going to look forward to that. I really am not. I'm yeah, going to watch it, but I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm not yeah. paying to watch it. So if you guys want to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League early, there's this movie called Sucker Punch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, where, where is that game released? What HBO Max? HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I don't pay for it already. And from what I've been hearing, and this is just like the trades talking about behind the scenes stuff. So they had originally thought when the executives came up with, oh, you know, the second thing, it's huge on Twitter and Instagram. Let's actually give the people what they want. So when they approached Zack Snyder with it, he says, cool, let's do it. Because, of course, the Snyder Cut didn't actually exist. So he's right. like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make it my own movie. And they're like, great. And then they started to realize as the process has gone on, not only is he taking things that he liked from the original cut and, you know, sprucing them up a little bit, he's adding entirely different scenes right. and essentially they're funding a new movie. Yeah. So they're seeing right. much more money than they had originally thought. It's, it's a terrible idea to listen to the crowd about this one. And I mean, like, yeah, it's worked before with Sonic, but like for this... I'm curious. It, like, I think it's still going to be bad, but if it could actually retain a big audience for more than a month, you know what I think? I think it's going to be worse than what we got. I think. Uh, it, I, I don't know. Think it'd be worse. I, I don't, don't know. know. I didn't realize that. I thought so. What I thought was that they had some unfinished materials, like unfinished footage, and they were giving him money to polish those up. I didn't realize that he went in with scissors and was like, "I'm going to take these things and." create the story i would have done along with adding new new content i thought it was just here's money to polish up what you had 
on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the intent. And then apparently Zack Snyder has taken that as leverage to make new stuff. And I think, honestly, probably HBO is in on the joke, or maybe not the joke, but they're in on this because this potentially could help better set up more DC sequels. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's what I'm assuming. Right. Um, I mean, like, I think the best news out of this so far that I've heard is the fact that it's coming out as a miniseries, because, like, I, like, as soon as it's at Snyder, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be three and a half hours, it's going to be long to watch through, but yeah. now it's four, but in, dis- in four distinct episodes. I feel like that's going to be way more easy to digest, and, and like Mitchell said, maybe I'm in on the joke, too, because I still plan on, I'm shitting on it already without having seen it, but I'm going to probably watch it, I'm going to, yeah, like. I mean, I'm probably going to watch it, and I'm not I, looking forward I, to it. As someone who is. Yeah. I, I went with a friend and paid money to see the original, excuse me, the original Justice League. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. It was you and T-Dog, right? Was it, was Mikey yeah. there to see? Yeah, I was not so there, no. Me, Andre, and T-Dog went, and then we went to Plan B afterwards. And That's right. honestly, like, after first watch, and I, I think I was in shock, because one, the viewing experience was bad for us. Like, the theater right. was awful, the, the way that it was projecting on the screen was bad. Shout out um, to Bowtie. Bowtie! Yeah. Yes. I was going to gonna say, it's got to be Bowtie. Uh, Bowtie, I hope you do not survive the pandemic. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, it's rough. It's I'll, rough. Su- I'll sign their death certificate. <laughs> so, um, the actual viewing experience is bad. I came a bit and I remember thinking to myself, well, that wasn't as bad as Donna Justice. And upon oh. reflection, I'm like, well, that may have been worse. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. No, I was agreeing because I think it, I think it turned you with a straight face and said i would watch a sequel of that probably and like like make it like if they hope with hopes that it'll be better but i would watch a sequel yeah and on reflection I'm like wow like that was a train wreck of a movie like holy moly yeah it just i need to digest it a little bit <laughs> okay guys we we have overstayed our welcome in the <laughs> lovely ears of our listeners all six of them uh not <laughs> dog and me <laughs> um yeah. We, we have overstayed our welcome. We're going to wrap this one up, um, but thank you guys very much. I'm glad we can get back and do this, even virtually. This um, is fun. We're looking forward to new episodes in the future, including maybe a holiday-themed one. Absolutely. We're talking about it. Uh, there's, there's your teaser for next time. Yeah, pour yourself some hot cocoa and sit back and relax. It'll be a good one. So, for myself, Jill and Andre and Mitchell... Uh, This was Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Where's T-Dog?